0: You're listening to a Fat Cat Media podcast. This is The Road Less Traveled, presented by Nikki Shay. G'day, everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of The Road Less Travel Podcast. It's Nikki Shea back in the seat with you for episode number 38 this week of season two of The Road Less Travel Podcast, which is an Australian podcast documenting and capturing the Australian spirit of travel, discovery and adventure. You can join me each and every week where together we will experience adventures from all around Australia with glimpses into a world that has faded into history that will include the people, the places and the ways of life. And as we know there's always a story evolved each week as we're out caravanning, four-wheel driving, fishing, camping, gold detecting, cooking and exploring places, history and visiting destinations all rolled into each episode. The Roadless Travel podcast is a self-funded, independent podcast. We'd love your support if you could do so on Patreon. And if you've got something that we should feature, review, discover or explore, you can drop us a line. You can do so by emailing fatcat at iinet.net.au. You can give me a call or SMS on 042 752 8467. You can also follow us on social media. Look for the Roadless Travel Podcast 2021 on Instagram, and you can search for the Roadless Travel Podcast on Facebook. We have a Facebook page there too. And for further information with what we do with the Roadless Travel Podcast, head to our website fatcatmedia.com.au. Now, this week I decided that we'd venture around about Melbourne town for a variety of reasons, and this This particular episode has been a little bit of um, a work in progress because as you all know I love my research and I was researching one particular aspect and it took me on as I always do with me and a lot of other researchers, takes you on various tangents, ducks and drakes and all kinds of things and this week I decided that this particular episode would be dedicated to Pentridge Prison in Melbourne. Her Majesty's Pentridge Prison was an Australian prison that was first established in eighteen fifty one in Coburg, which is a suburb of Melbourne in Victoria. The first prisoners arrived in eighteen fifty one and the prison officially closed on the first of may nineteen ninety seven now, Pentridge was often referred to as the Bluestone College, the Coburg College or the College of Knowledge. The grounds were originally landscaped by landscape gardener Hugh Lincolner. The site is currently split into two parts. Now, the northern part of the prison, which is referred to as the Pentridge Coburg or the Pentridge Piazza site, is bordered by Champ Street. Pentridge Boulevard, Murray Road and Stockade Avenue in Coburg. It's currently under development by the developer Shayer Group, who has owned the site since 2013. The southern part of the prison referred to as the Pentridge Village site is bordered by Pentridge Boulevard, Stockade Avenue, Warden's Walk and Urquhart Street. It is partially owned by the developer Future Estate and D Division is owned privately by Pentridge Sellers Pty Limited. Now the prism was split into many divisions Named after letters of the alphabet So we'll go through them Gives you a bit of perspective. A Division was short and long-term prisoners of good behaviour, but during the late 1980s, till its closure, it became a scene of many monthly bashings, stabbings and bludgeonings. Nice place. Division B was, or B Division, long-term prisoners with behavioural problems were in there. C Division was vagabonds and short-term prisoners where Ned Kelly was imprisoned. That was demolished in the early 1970s. D Division was the remand prisoners. E Division was the hospital, which was later turned into a dormitory, sort of division housing short-term prisoners. F Division was remand and short-term prisoners. Uh, G Division was the psychiatric problems division. H Division was high security, discipline and protection. J Division was the young offenders group, later for long-term with records of sort of good behaviour. And then there was JICA-JICA, which is the maximum security risk and for protection, which was later named K Division. Now, for over almost 150 years, the word Pentridge became... Synonymous with the prison terms, following the closure of the Melbourne Jail in the 1920s, which is now known as the Old Melbourne Jail, Pentridge became the main remand and reception prison for the Melbourne metropolitan area. Pentridge Prison has housed some of Australia's most infamous criminals and forms an emotional and also dark place in many hearts and minds. Pentridge is now at the beginning of a new chapter, which is undergoing revival as a destination and meeting place. The prison finally closed in 1997 and at its end the conditions within it were outdated and not up to any modern standard of the time. The Victorian government sold the prison in 1999 and since then the prison has seen several different owners. It was purchased by the Shayer Group in 2013 in a derelict state. The depth of the site's cultural significance has also guided its redevelopment. So by changing the perspective from a derelict site to one of Melbourne's cultural assets, the iconic bluestone walls of Pentridge live on to see a whole new era. There are many stories to be shared, there's much to learn and reflect on, as we, I guess, acknowledge the history which is entrenched at, at Pentridge Prison. Its past is riddled with suffering, of which we must remain respectful of. There are significant areas of historical significance which remain protected, and heritage elements are being retained to serve as a humbling reminder of the past of Pentridge. I guess, too, that it's important to understand that the conservation management plan, which is sort of encompassing the whole of Pentridge Prison, it sets out the basis for the uh, preservation of the physical environment of Pentridge and the Heritage Interpretation Master Plan sets out the approach to showcase and interpret the history and the heritage of Pentridge. Now, tours of Pentridge Prison are being launched this year, giving everyone a chance to look inside the walls of one of Australia's most infamous prisons. Now, the sale of Pentridge, following the sale by the Victorian Government, Pentridge was split into two sites, known as Pentridge Coburg and Pentridge Village. In 2007, Pentridge Coburg changed hands and during this time the old Pentridge Stockade area to the east of what is now Stockade Avenue was developed into housing, leaving the Pentridge Piazza which was the old mustering yard and all of the Bluestone Heritage buildings in need of maintenance, restoration and reactivation as well. So the Shaya Group purchases Pentridge Coburg with the vision and intent to reactivate the site and open up Pentridge and its heritage buildings to the local community. The works began in two thousand and thirteen in the establishment of a safe work site which was completed, including the removal of over six thousand cubic meters of stockpiles and rubbish left behind by the previous development of Pentridge Village and the previous works surrounding the precinct. The state of the prison and its heritage buildings was one of disrepair at the time. The grounds were overgrown, heritage building roofs had collapsed, and flood damage was prevalent in the prison. The J Division area was a modern addition to the prison and once home to juvenile offenders and long-term prisoners with good behaviour records and it was demolished at that time. The archaeological works then went underway with DIG International which commenced the archaeology work on site focusing on the buried foundations of C Division and the exercise yards of A and B Divisions. Road and infrastructure works began too including the installation of a 600,000 litre underground water tank to service the Pentridge precinct and non-original parts of the rock breaking yards were partially demolished in preparation for the restoration works. At this time the Murray Road northern perimeter Bluestone Heritage Wall was reinforced and saved from collapse. The rock-breaking yard commenced restoration in 2015 with construction of the Horizon Apartments which began. Road and infrastructure work continued at this time as well. Pentridge opens its doors in 2016 with an open door held with an estimated 8,000 locals visiting Pentridge, the first time many have actually seen the prison since its closure. And in the same year, Road and Infrastructure Works is completed with restoration of the A Division roof, completion of the Rock Breaking Yards restoration, which was restored to their condition of the early 1900s, and restoration two of the guard towers are carried out later in that year. And then the Horizon Apartments build is completed Marking the beginning of what is a total revolutionary new community of residents at Pentridge. free residents too. Restoration though continues for the former Wardens Residence, E Division, and the administration buildings, which were stripped and prepared for restoration. And the strip outs remove modern changes of the buildings, which also expose their heritage fabric, including original room sizes and ceiling heights, too. And in 2017, the community pavilion design is completed. And that is the what they call this, the Piazza Pavilion. It's, um, it's a, a real cutting-edge architectural design of the master plan community pavilion. And the permit application is subsequently refused at Heritage Victoria and the project does not proceed until later on down the track. The shopping centre excavation works starts with the facade in 2018 being restored of the former warden's residence. E-Division and the administration buildings are completed and the Piazza Landscaping Works recommence. There's also the excavations of the Pentridge Shopping Centre basement car park beginning in 2018. Now you can actually visit the Pentridge site Uh, Pantry Prison Site. As I said, it's a piazza, um, a village. There's also, you can go in and watch um, outdoor cinemas uh, during the summer months too. And it's a a really um, interactive facility now, utilising both the old parts of the prison and new designs, as I've just gone through with some of the um, new chapter of the former prison site. They've sort of refurbished and then really modernised certain parts to give it a real excitement kind of thing. And there's also a huge apartment Apartment um, complex there too so it's a very vibrant there's lots of shops a lot of eating as well and you can as I said you can wander through the um, some parts of of the Pentridge prison site and they're still doing that up uh, to this very day and what is possibly not known about um, the, the prison such as the old Melbourne jail and Pentridge prison is that prisoners who were executed at both of those particular prison sites during those uh, the years so the old Melbourne jail closed in about 1929 The prisoners who were executed at Old Melbourne Jail, they were buried on the site of the Old Melbourne Jail and the prisoners who were executed at Pentridge were buried within the walls in uh, unmarked graves at Pentridge. The grave sites um, went through significant um, archaeological discovery and excavation and the grave site of bush ranger Ned Kelly formerly laid within the walls of uh, Pentridge Prison. While Ronald Ryan's remains, he was the last man to be executed in Australia, they were returned back to his family. Kelly, as we know, was executed by hanging at the Melbourne Jail in 1880 and his remains were moved to Pentridge Prison in 1929 after his skeleton was disturbed on uh, the 12th of April 1929 by workmen constructing the Royal Melbourne Institute of Technology Building, RMIT. The... Former prison chaplain Peter Norden at Pentridge Prison campaigned for the site's restoration. Now, most of the bodies had been exhumed by the archaeologists at Pentridge and have either been reinterred in their original cemetery near D Division or were still uh, awaiting uh, uh, DNA confirmation and identification at the Melbourne Morgue or they've been returned back to their families. In 2011, Ned Kelly's remains were once again exhumed and returned to his surviving descendants for a proper family burial The identified remains of Kelly did not include most of his skull and DNA testing also established another complete skull believed to be Kelly's was not in fact his. And what that's something that I found extremely fascinating. I'm a little bit macabre. Well, I don't know what it is, maybe I've got to screw loose, but I found it very fascinating of the archaeological investigation and the historical research into the burials of prisoners who were executed in Melbourne from 1880 onwards. When we come back, we'll take a quick break here on the Road Less Travel podcast. When we come back, we'll talk more about the um research that went into finding those prisoners who were buried within the walls of Pentridge prison back with more in just a moment you're listening to the roadless travel podcast fat cat media offers consultancy and advice if you are a motocross racer motorcycle racer trying to get ahead in the sport or perhaps you have a business in the motorcycle industry or you're hosting an event a stage show or a race meeting with over 25 years industry knowledge and experience we can help on a variety of platforms whether it be as a racer or for those within the motorcycle and Sport industry. We help you individually and your event with clear and strong strategic plans with direction on how to achieve your goals as a racer or hosting an event within the industry. For more information, an email fatcat at iinet.net.au. Take road, travel, and find your own way home. Welcome back to the Road Less Travel podcast. This week, talking to you about Pentridge Prison in Melbourne. And as I said before, we went to the break, the fascination for me of the archaeological investigation and the amount of historical research into the burials of the prisoners executed in Melbourne from 1880 onwards. And over the past 50 to 60 years, the knowledge of the location of the prisoner burial sites had become confused or forgotten, and it wasn't accurately represented in the official records. And much of the confusion dates back to 1929, when following the closure of the old Melbourne jail, approximately 30 burials were Exhumed and the remains relocated to Pentridge in pretty much what they described as chaotic circumstances. Now, the archaeological excavations at the Old Melbourne Jail and the former Pentridge Prison have done much to disentangle the complex history of the prisoners who were buried there, and it can now, I guess, be accurately reported that all burial sites at the Old Melbourne Jail and the former Pentridge Prison from 1880 onwards have indeed been located. So, I guess, too, how did it all come about? Well, in March 2002, the archaeological the, archaeological, the archaeologists rather from the La Trobe University in Melbourne were working at the old Melbourne jail site. They made a surprising discovery. They unearthed an intact coffin buried against a bluestone wall in the area of the former jail hospital. Now this unexpected find set in train a series of investigations into the history of prisoner burials at the jail and also at the former Pentridge prison in Coburg which led to a number of significant outcomes including the discovery of a lost burial ground at Pentridge and also discovery of the uh, discovery and recovery rather of the skull stolen from the old Melbourne jail in 1978 and the identification of the remains of Colin Ross who was executed in 1922 exhumed and Reburied in 1937 and thus pardoned in 2008. Now, the history of Melbourne's prisoner burials is not a straightforward one. Following the closure of the Old Melbourne Jail in the mid-1920s, the remains of all executed inmates that could be located, they were exhumed and transferred to Pentridge, and there they were reinterred in mass graves. The first of these relocations took place in April 1929, when the remains of approximately 30 individuals were exhumed in the grounds of a former Old Melbourne Jail labour yard. In 1937, four additional coffins were unearthed in a different area adjacent to the former jail hospital, and these were also taken to Pentridge for reburial. Now, additionally, between uh, 1932 and 1967, there were 10 inmates who were executed and buried at Pentridge. A number of significant, if not notorious, historical figures are amongst those whose remains were most certainly moved from the old Melbourne jail to Pentridge. As we know, Ned Kelly is recorded as being one, as is Australia's worst 19th century serial killer, Frederick Deeming, and the baby farmer, Francis Knorr. However, despite the historical significance of many of these executed prisoners, the knowledge of the precise location of the burial ground at Pentridge was simply lost or forgotten. Now, when the former Pentridge Prison site was sold by the state government in 1999, the location of the burial ground could not actually be established with certainty, and an area adjacent to the east end of the D Division building, which was known to contain the remains of Ronald Ryan, who was, we know, executed in 1967, was wrongly designated as the likely location of all the burials. Now, the key event in, in the convoluted history of Melbourne's prisoner burials took place at the Old Melbourne Jail shortly after its closure in 1929. As I said earlier, on the 12th of April, the first of a number of graves were exposed during the construction work for the extension of the Working Men's College, which is now the RMIT University. Now, this college had acquired part of the jail property which had been used as the prison yard and as the burial area for inmates executed between eighteen eighteen and around nineteen sixteen. And on the 13th of April 1929, the Argus newspaper published an article titled Ned Kelly's Grave, Discovery in Old Jail, Schoolboys Seize Bones, which reported that when the steam shovel was lifting earth and stones last week, Mr H. Lee of Lee and Dunn, the contractors for the building, had his attention directed to the name E. Kelly carved in a stone in the wall together with the imprint of a broad arrow the excavation work was continued with a steam shovel and the workmen kept a lookout for the coffin which was unearthed at noon yesterday August newspaper went on to conduct a series of um, articles relating to the exca- excavation of the old Melbourne jail site in late um, in April 1929 and in Because of that particular article, there is now a remarkable image which exists of the former Old Melbourne Jail Burial Ground being disturbed in 1929. And the picture shows the dismantling of the southern bluestone wall of the yard, The bluestone blocks were destined for reuse in the construction of seawalls stretching from Brighton Beach to Beaumaris as part of Depression-era civil works. In the yard, the initials of each executed inmate and the date of his or her execution were actually carved in the wall adjacent to the burial plot. And as a result, at three known places along the seawall, it is still possible today to see the clusters of bluestone blocks with carved initials and dates. In all cases, the initials and the dates correlate with the name of an inmate and the date of their execution and the 1929 image also portrays the scramble uh, so vividly reported in the Argus of open grave sites which can be seen and coffins and coffin lids lie strewn across the site and um, there's also a pile of square wooden boxes visible too and in 2009 what are probably the very same boxes were again discovered in a mass grave at Pentridge containing rather prisoner remains. So by 2010 the amount of work that had gone into um, uh, the Recovering the human remains from the mass graves at Pentridge Prison Site were um, remains of executed prisoners which were originally interred at the Old Melbourne Jail and that no formal inquest was actually required. That's what the state car- coroner announced. And they also found that the forensic profiling and testing of all the former Old Melbourne Jail remains that were lo- relocated to Pentridge between 1929 and 1937 um, had been uh, tried to obtain as much possible DNA samples from the remains and in many cases it was highly deteriorated and if DNA can be obtained from Pintred remains and if family descendants choose and had chosen to come forward and submit samples for cross referencing the definite the sort of definitive identification if not all but at least some of the remains may have been possible, and uh, the completion of the forensic work slightly remains will be reburied in individual plots um, at the former Pentridge site in an area which has been set aside by Pentridge Village, where the remains of the other nine inmates executed and buried at uh, Pentridge between 1932 and 1951, whose identities were actually known, have already been reinterred. So it's quite fascinating, and the significant historical figures and a site interpretation scheme presents the stories of the Old Melbourne Jail and the Pentridge burials too. And you can find all this information, this is how I got onto this, by doing research for something else at the Public Records of um, Victoria. You can jump on to prov.vic.gov.au and it's quite fascinating to just read through some of the, just the the way that they went through, <clears throat> excuse me, um, finding out the, who the remains were and the archaeological discoveries that they did and the excavations that they did to, to find out those remains. Very, very fascinating. We'll take a quick break on the Road Less Travelled podcast and be back with more in just a moment. The Road Less Travelled podcast is a proudly Australian, fiercely independent podcast, hosted and produced by me, Nikki Shea, for Fat Cat Media. We receive no corporate payments, which means we rely on self-sufficient financial support. If you can and are able to, we would love you to support us via Patreon. Listen to the Road Less Travel podcast on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. Welcome back to the Road Less Travel podcast. This week, talking about. Her Majesty's Prison, Pentridge, which was one of Victoria's prominent prisons, located nine kilometres north of Melbourne CBD in the suburb of Coburg. When the prison was finally closed in 1997, the most hated government establishment in Coburg had served its purpose and left its mark in the history of both Victoria and Australia in general. It was here in 1951 that the last woman to be executed in Australia, Jean Lee, was hanged, and it was here, as we know, in 1967, the last man executed was Ronald Ryan. In 1873, Ned Kelly served part of his three-year sentence at Pentridge for feloniously receiving a horse. And in 1929, Kelly's remains were transferred to uh, Pentridge from Old Melbourne Jail. In 1999, the government of Victoria sold Pentridge to developers and in 2015 it was sold to Pentridge Village site to Future Estate and was rebranded as Pentridge Village. Today the site is home to Apartments, Shopping Centre, Cinema and Victoria Tower which of course is massive apartment blocks. Now let's walk back into the history of Pentridge Prison and the best place to begin the story is from the newspaper reports of those dreadful years of the early settlement of Melbourne. On the 21st of February 1850, the Argus newspaper published from Melbourne carried a five-liner news on one of its inner pages which read immediate preparations are made for the erection of a stockade on sydney road beyond pentridge for the reception of criminals sentenced to work on the roads by our courts of criminal jurisdiction what a mouthful but the implications were huge for the budding village of pentridge to extend in that 20-year time the village changed its name to coburg to prove to the world that it got nothing to do with the stockade many factors went in favor of choosing pentridge for the erection of a stockade there it was close to melbourne only six acres of 327 acres of village reserve surveyor Hoddle, he set aside the were used and the pentridge and pentridge rather had abundance of bluestone which could be used for hard labor for the prisoners A superintendent, an overseer and three constables were appointed to manage the prison. In August 1850, Lieutenant Governor Charles Latrobe appointed Samuel Barrow as the superintendent of the new establishment. The August in 1850, the 28th of August edition, showed some displeasure in the appointment and it reads... It is reported that the appointment of Superintendent of the convict Stockade at Pentridge has been given to a Mr Barrow, who formerly held office at Norfolk Island and we believe narrowly escaped being murdered at the time of the insurrection of the convicts there. Surely Mr Latrobe must have found some Port Phillip colonist who, of whom rather to bestow this appointment. Now, the Argus was referring to an incident happening when Barrow was serving as resident magistrate at Norfolk Island's penal settlement. In July 1846, he narrowly escaped a plot by revolting convicts to injure him by biting off his nose and ears. On the fifth of December, eighteen fifty, the first transfer of prisoners from Melbourne jail began. On Thursday morning, sixteen prisoners confined in the Melbourne jail under sentence of hard labour were marched to the Pentridge stockade, decked in white jackets and trousers, bearing the government brand, and being marched into military order presenting an imposing spectacle. They, they were accompanied by Chief District Constable Brodie with eight of Light District Police and Mr Barrow, the superintendent of the station in a cab, reported the Melbourne Daily News. Now, initially, there was two wooden huts housed the prison inmates and the arrangements as best could be described as inadequate to hold hardened criminals. Though the prison labour did help build roads and bridges and locals always feared the possibility of escaped criminals banging on their doors. The Argus also reported that a man of ordinary strength could push out the weatherboard with the thrust of his arm. Add to the worries of Superintendent Barrow, many constables resigned heading for the goldfields and the Aboriginal Guards' trained preferred their nomadic life to sentry duty and by 1853 the prison population had skyrocketed to more than 200 from the mere 16 in the beginning now such were the conditions of the prison system at, at pentridge prison there was a royal commission of the 1870s into the dormitory system for male prisoners at c division and men were transferred to separate cells at female prison and c division was occupied by female prisoners More reforms were implemented in the 1900s to give a human face to the prison system, and reformatory prison concepts were implemented for offenders, and many got trained to do skilled work at prison industries. On the downside, though, some prisoners used their newly acquired skills to make escape tools and weapons inside the prisoner prison walls. By 1924 Melbourne Jail was finally closed and Pentridge became the venue for capital punishment. The beam and the trap door used for hanging were re-erected at the central corridor of D Division at Pentridge Prison and between 1922 and 1926 the prison had undergone renovation and modernisation. The engines at prison factories converted from steam to electric power and gas lighting was changed to electric lighting too. In 1932 for centralisation and economic management the female prison was considered Consolidated under one governor, along with the Metropolitan Jail and the penal establishment of Pentridge, to form His Majesty's Jail. Obviously, the King being uh, the head of. the head of the crown at that time. From 1933, pe- female prisoners were held in the female division within HM Jail Pentridge under the charge of a matron, while the former Metropolitan Jail became D Division for receiving division for the whole of Pentridge. Now by the 1970s the prison population became close to 2,000. The 1970s saw a number of observation towers constructed or remodelled to increase the security of the prison and the C Division was pulled down in stage- stages. rather. Job Jaikejaike, the maximum security section of prison of Pentridge, rather was opened in 1980, and that design was based on the idea of six separate units at the end of radiating spines, with security given the prime importance. But to the surprise of prison officials, three years later, in 1983, four prisoners escaped from the escape proof jica jica. it was closed in 1987 after the death of five prisoners in a fire incident and in the 1980s due to overcrowding there was a necessity to restructure the management of the prison it was divided now into two separate establishments hm hm prison pentridge containing northern which is a and h division and central sub prisons b and e divisions and a her Majesty's Metropolitan Reception Prison, containing former Southern Sub Prison and Jica Jica, came into existence. E Division was closed in March 1990. H Division was closed in August 1994, and on the 1st of May 1997, Pentridge Prison was officially closed and was sold to the private developers, which had a land size of 6.8. Hectares, with a majority of prisoners being taken out to Bowen Heads, out towards Geelong. Now, Pentridge today is under the auspices of the National Trust as well for Australian Heritage, um, and you can now do Pentridge Prison D Division ghost tours. You can walk in the footsteps of notorious Chopper Reed, discover the famous outlaw Ned Kelly's remains, and experience the final moments of Ronald Ryan, the last man to be executed in Australia. Yes, I have done the tour. It departs Pentridge Prison D Division on the corner of Urquhart Street and Warden's Walk in Coburg. And again, you can walk in the footsteps of the notorious prisoners with 44 bodies buried on site and a who's who Australia's criminal underworld calling Pentridge home. It's no wonder that the building is haunted by its past. You can be incarcerated at Pentridge Prison, home to Australia's hardest and longest-serving prisoners. And tours run every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday evening, and it goes for about an hour and a half, mainly indoors. There's a little walking in some steps, and there is very high paranormal activity. You must be over the age of 16. For more information, uh, jump onto nationaltrust.org.au and jump onto the um, D-Division Goes to a. Victoria site and it's conducted by uh, Lantern Tours I thoroughly rec- recommend it if you want to have the bejesus scared out of you jump onto it because um, things did go bump in the night and certainly um had me looking over my shoulder and tingles going up and down the spine and the goosebumps and the hairs on the back of my neck and on my arms and everything stood up. So um, there's certainly something out there, that's for sure. If you want to find out more about what's happening today with Pentridge, jump onto the website, pentridgecoberg.com.au, and they can also, if you're interested um, in apartment sales, jump on there and have a look as well. That wraps up this week's edition of the Road Lose Travel Podcast with a bit of history with Pentridge Prison in Melbourne. And you can do, as I said, you can do ghost tours in 2022 they're actually opening up the prison to do prison tours um, at a date to be uh, announced through the National Trust. For more information, jump on to the National Trust website too, and that gives you a breakdown of um, when those dates can be expected to be released. Thanks so much for your company. My name is Nikki Shea. You've been listening to the Road Less Travelled podcast, and I hope to catch you out there very soon on the road. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next week. Take care. Bye for now. The road, Thanks for listening. The Road Less Travelled is presented by Nikki Shea and produced by Fat Cat Media.